0: the neck mm. with, like, an, uh, you know, the pearl necklace and, like, a bobbed haircut, and I thought it was hilarious because I, I it was kind of like, I mean, clearly she was, you know, doing this hipster thing, and she was clearly, like, no older than 30, mm. and never probably dressed like that as a child, but you know who did dress like that as a child? <laughs> this one.
1: This is High Decibels.
0: Live music recaps in New York City and beyond. Hey, you people, you're listening to High Decibels, an NYC-based live music podcast. We check out the artists we love at New York City venues and sometimes beyond and report back to you. I'm Marlia.
1: And I'm James. And this song is In the 1970s by Tredici Bachi, who we got to see at Mercury Lounge on Sunday, January 26th, and who we'll be talking about today. But before that, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and look for us on Reddit at High Decibels Pod for clips, picks, discussions, and more. Also, follow and subscribe on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. And if you could leave a rate and review on Apple Pod, that would be tremendously helpful. Uh, and if you do that, we could start seeing things like stats of who's listening and where people are listening from. And uh, to piggyback off that, if you maybe know somebody that would be interested in this pod, maybe friend, family member. Uh, do us a favor maybe just send them a link on spotify or apple pod or whatever they use to give us a listen maybe they're interested in it Uh, parents love us so maybe send us to yours and see if they if your parents want to hear us swear a lot and talk about random indie acts that they've never heard of
0: i mean you never know they might have been cleaning up their act for you as as a kid but they're secretly. secretly filthy right but the idea here is that you know, while we can uh, talk ourselves up to the high heavens, uh, nothing is more powerful than a personal recommendation. So if it's coming from you, uh, a trusted source to whatever uh, friend or family, uh, that's going to hold a lot of weight. So we'd love if you would do that.
1: And honestly, if you listen to this pod, you're probably a concert person, and chances are you're friends with concert people. So, you know, maybe they want to hear about the concerts we go to.
0: Tell people at concerts, you know.
1: Tell the stranger at the bar.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Also, we always offer this opportunity to executive produce an episode, which uh, entails uh, you pick whatever show you want us to see in uh, the New York City tri-state area. Uh, and, uh, as long as it doesn't conflict with our schedules, we go to that show, you pick up the tickets, we'll go, we'll recap it. Now, if you're also going to that show, you're welcome to guest on the show. Uh, you know, live is, uh, is always better that, that face to face connection. Uh, but we do have, uh, we are working on an option as well to, uh, uh, interview remotely if, uh, circumstances absolutely demand that.
1: And what that means is we have Skype.
0: Right. James and I will never do that to each other. Right. But we would do that. To other,
1: to strangers, But we might, but
0: for guests, we might. But, you know, if you're a friend of ours, like, don't push it.
1: Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) All Right?
0: Because you want to be on your couch. It's one thing if you live in New Jersey or something, and I get it, but, you know, uh, it's better if you come in. Um, Or, you know, if you don't want to be the guest on the show, you just want us to read off some notes, you didn't go to the show at all, and you just want to hear us talk about it, you know? whatever 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 floats your boat maybe you're somewhere where you just don't have access to con- maybe you're on a military base or something like that and
1: and your favorite bands coming through New York and you're not going to get to see them
0: yeah and you're eating whatever mres and you know Horrendous shitting things. in holes and <laughs> sleeping <laughs> on the crowd. <laughs> hey we're here to brighten up your day uh thank you for your service uh, anyway so <laughs> we um we're going to get into this concert in a second, but there uh there's just a uh a couple of things that I I wanted to uh mention. Forgive us if our energy is a little where our bellies are full of cabernet and ribeye.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I made it. She did very well. She thanked me because I got the Uber last night and that yeah. listen, anybody out there if you want to thank me, just feed me.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, and a and a fatty ribeye will certainly goes a long way. Certainly do the trick. So I just feel like there's this like a weight in the belly. Of, um, we might have
1: the itis a little bit.
0: I, yeah, I'm just like, uh, but I'm gonna get through it. Um, so yeah, uh, just like a, not live music, really more. Me, let's see if I can say this word this time. Tangentially,
1: close enough
0: related to uh, to the live music is that uh, I think we brought up this book before. I highly, highly recommend this book if uh, you uh, have nostalgia for um, New York City music scene between uh, whatever, 1999 and like, say, 2006 uh, at the rise of uh, dance punk and um, stripped down rock and roll like The Strokes, et cetera, et cetera. Um And uh, this just kind of goes over like the, the development of those bands, the impact of 9-11, that's kind of where I'm at right now in, mm. in the timeline. And uh, it's really fascinating. I actually was here during that time, and while I was sort of on the perimeter, uh, I was never really immersed in that scene. I had no idea how big it was. I was way too immersed in doing uh, terrible theater <laughs> and uh, just kicking my ass, wasting time doing that. And- and you
1: could have hung out with the Strokes.
0: I could have like <laughs> been sitting on James Murphy's lap, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> when he was nobody and I was a hot 21-year-old, you know what I'm saying? But uh, I had a dream. Uh. And, it, and it and it was mime. No, I'm kidding. But it was <laughs> uh, theater and film and that sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, but there was no theater film revolution going on in this city at that time. But there was a music one going on. Again, meet me in the bathroom. It's Lizzie Goldman, right?
1: Liz- yes. Yeah, Maybe Goodman. I could look at that book,
0: book right here.
1: Yeah,
0: Meet me in the bathroom. Lizzie Goodman about the New York City music yeah. scene uh, at that time. And uh, and how it continues to influence music today. We talk about a lot of legendary uh, venues, such as where we were the other night, the Mercury Lounge. Absolutely, the Mercury Lounge. Nothing remarkable about this venue in terms of it looks aesthetically. It's just business in the front and party in the back. Sure. It's this venue's history. It is an historic.
1: Oh, she's been waiting all day to say that. <laughs>
0: I wanted to say that on the way there. I was like, James
1: I'm gonna say An historic. We,
0: an historic venue. Uh it's kind of hard though to wrap your head around what happened in this is like very unassuming room. Sure. Uh, the Mercury Lounge was where uh, before anyone knew who they were, the Strokes had this like, was it three or four night residency? Yeah, it was, it was like, like four week, Wednesdays. It was
1: a, right. It four night residency that is just a thing of legend. Yeah. You know, uh, just anybody that was there that like everybody said, it's like we're there seeing this band play and all of us are going, holy shit, these guys are going to be huge. Um, and amongst other bands too, like this, this, uh, and maybe doesn't have that reputation anymore. But for a time, this venue was like, if you're a New York band, you've just played Mercury Lounge, you you just made it. In that scene,
0: and uh, you know they, they had a uh, they had a knack for discovery. I mean, I'm sure they booked a lot of of the bands clap. that that, uh-huh. that were garbage just to like sort of fill the roster and uh, the guy who was the booker for the venue acknowledges it in this book like at that time sometimes you had to he's like,, I just put bands together that I didn't like and bands together I did. But like for example, another kind of uh, an an historic Ugh. event was the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, opening up for the White Stripes. Mm. That was another thing that happened, uh, I want to say, in like 2001, where no one knew who these bands were. Um, so, yeah, the just the history of this venue is uh, super cool. Um, you know, it's it's not quite at the level of CBGBs, but it definitely had a time. And I got to say, you know, at the end of the day, you know, based on the experience that we had, in terms of, I would say, like, the headliner and one of the openers, mm. that they're still pretty darn good at uh, plucking and then up and uh, then featuring uh, f- relatively undiscovered talent, right. I feel like they they are still doing a good job at booking uh, headliners for
1: ten bucks. Yeah, for yeah. for
0: very low prices. That's the other thing we pay. You said uh, ten dollars tickets, yeah. right? 12,
1: 12 day of. Kind
0: uh, of thing. yeah, so um so that that every time I walk into that room, I do think about like it ha- this happened here. And that happened here. And bands that were like great that I remember that just never kind of took off, like the Mooney Suzuki. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, they played there. And if you guys don't know the Mooney Suzuki, I understand, but you just should just listen yeah. to their music. It's it's uh, a really good time. Uh, I don't know if you want to talk about like uh, the location and, and that sort of thing.
1: Well, uh, okay, so Mercury Lounge is Lower Manhattan. What neighborhood would you say that is? Kinda lower East Side. Lower East Side, off House and Street. Uh, It's near a bunch of stops, really easy to get to. It's in that whole area with, uh, you know, a ton of other small-ish venues, um, great restaurants nearby. You know, go off the stop, walk a couple blocks, really, really easy to get to.
0: Yeah. And again, you walk in the door and, and like I said, you know, business in the front, party in the back, bar right. in the front, uh, you know, venue space in the back. It's not that big. Would you say the capacity was? Capacity is
1: 250 and, you know, that, that's that's pretty tight there. I don't know if that's including the bar area in the back. Yeah. That I wouldn't be surprised at that. So the reason we're saying that, folks, that for anybody that hasn't been there, is that we mean there's the bar in the front and then the concert venue or whatever stage in the back. And you know a separation completely between them. Even the bathrooms are all in the front.
0: Yeah, and there was like maybe I don't know at at most seventy people when we were this there, time for and that sure. was a, That was yeah. a, a a solid crowd. I, I've um, been
1: there with more people in it though. for yeah. sure. Oh yeah. When, when yeah. we saw uh
0: um, uh phony people. Phony people.
1: Oh yeah. Packed. Packed.
0: packed. Um, anyway, so I, I bought the first round and the prices were reasonable. Uh, I found the, uh, bartender rather amusing her aesthetic she had on this like sort of uh, sweater that came up real high on the neck, mm. with like a uh, you know the pearl necklace and like a bobbed haircut, and I thought it was hilarious because I, I, it was kind of like, I mean, clearly she was you know doing this hipster thing, and she was clearly like no older than thirty, mm. and never probably dressed like that as a child. But you know who did dress like that as a child? <laughs> this one. And you want to know what I'm going to do to prove it? I'm going to put a picture up on the high oh, decibels oh, Instagram yeah, yeah. to prove to you that this was my. Fu- I wish I had taken a fucking picture of her uh. to put it side by side. With uh, a picture of me uh, in seventh grade.
1: You you, you were a trendsetter.
0: I I thought (laughs) I was at the time. Took a while. Did you know
1: you would be all the rage amongst the hipsters in New York City in 2020?
0: Took a while. Yeah, she probably saw my photo somewhere. I'm sure I've posted it on Facebook before she found it. She's like, I'm inspired. I'm sure it of moved it. Me. So uh, could, she it
1: on her Pinterest and said, "I'm going to make that outfit right there."
0: I think it ended up on someone's pin. She could have been a little bit nicer then, you know, because uh-huh, she sure. knew that I was her inspo. She might have. I wish to God I had had that picture. It probably wasn't my Facebook. I wish I'd shown it to her. Been like, "Look at you and look at this photo." She probably would <laughs> have been so mad. Right?
1: Yeah. This is me at seven. <laughs> but I should
0: have done it anyway because you know, I mean, she wasn't rude, but she wasn't like the warmest person, and sure. it was kind of those situations where she's like at the under the other end of the bar, and I'm like, ah, uh, yep, like to order a drink.
1: You're still chatting I- down there. You those know. guys aren't ordering drinks they already have them yeah
0: know. but she moved a little bit faster when i pointed you out and uh-huh. said whatever the gentleman would like so that Ooh, got her maybe. moving okay cool She whatever smile at me later. whatever works yeah i know and i was like <laughs> okay whatever works Ooh, whatever gets the drinks shoot. whatever What's gets the drinks come in
1: overall i mean their staff was fine um i, I don't know no least, bag search so yeah love that. oh the, the big plus there yeah this is walk in check your id turn left get your stamp and there you go very simple
0: go. so yeah. that's the thing about uh, mercury lounge this is like a, a no must no fuss type situation sure. in terms of getting inside and you it's just too
1: small for anybody to give a shit right
0: know? right but it's crazy to me because it's like it is so unassuming and so it's crazy to me that there is like this actual this history behind history it, it. Too, so sure. so wild um yeah so uh we walk in. Um, there's barely anybody there, but the people that were there, I would say, were reflective of the crowd that grew later on. Easily, yeah. Which was like artsy people, young artsy people. Mm. Surprise, you know.
1: Shocker, this kind of band.
0: Uh, sound and lights. Uh, you know, obviously nothing happening in the beginning, but as time went on, like, you know, they. For what they have available in terms right. of equipment, they do guy does pretty, a pretty it's good of, job. It's
1: kind of outdated, but you know it's the, clearly the guy who they they shouted out. Bobby must be a staple there. It's probably been there for a long time. Everybody seemed to know him. Uh, all the acts did at least uh, clearly knows what he's doing with the equipment that they have. You know, sound was fine. I could have used a little bit more vocals throughout the night. Other than that, uh, I don't know if you noticed anything with mixing wise. Um. Which, it which,
0: de- you know what it, it depended. Okay, so no, no, I was I was good on the vocals until God, uh, Godcaster, mm-hmm. uh, but also they had a lot more noise going on, so there was a lot more instruments to it. balance. So yeah. they, they they yes,
1: which we haven't really brought up, and you'll understand more later. This was a much tougher sound to balance compared to most acts because there were way more instruments involved, and I will say that the balance was fine. Like when you know horn instruments were playing they were clearer over the string instruments and whatnot
0: yeah i mean uh i think i think bobby did as as well as you can right. with uh the the number of um Instruments that were there. Although I'd be interested to see what uh, Gabe from the Knitting Factory sure. might been able to pull off. Yeah, yeah, Gabe, Bobby it's like showed.
1: A, it's like I don't know, I don't know. Gabe still got my heart, so Bobby, I'm Gabe impressed. Is my, but
0: Gabe is our, our yeah, our we favorite. Still go- sound we still got Gabe's date. Bag. Oh, that guy's so cool. He's at the yeah. Knitting Factory, you guys, and he's he's like uh, you can't miss. Some glasses, long hair. He's a real trait Uh, Okay, so then, uh, you know, we're just kind of... uh, Is there there anything we really need to cover, like, pre-show? I don't don't have anything. Well, no,
1: but uh, here's just a little quirk of Mercury Lounge that we have yet to mention. Uh, It didn't really play a factor in this time because it wasn't super packed, but the Mercury Lounge doesn't have a green room or anything behind the stage. The green room's off to the side, and this little section that is sometimes used as a coat check but wasn't tonight, either way, uh, the interesting thing for that is that the band has to walk through the crowd to get to the front and to get to the actual stage so you can imagine you know it didn't really you know it wasn't super packed this night or anything it's not the biggest name in the world but uh, you know when some of the, some of those real big names real big up and comers back in the day the strokes having to walk through that get through that crowd like a bunch of rock stars to get to the front you know it's just kind of a neat little quirk you don't really see that in too many places
0: yeah I don't know how I would feel about it if I was a diva rock star but as an audience member I, I love cool. it uh, so we're hanging out and uh, we um, wanted to get a photo my outfit was uh, really fresh uh, and uh, I wanted a photo of that but I didn't want yet another picture of Marlia standing by herself so we got James in it because yeah. uh, hello he's half the podcast he should be in the fucking photo it, it is
1: kind of a funny photo though because it's more like looking good and mean like James likes bands <laughs> ratatat tat shirt on I mean don't get me wrong. I I'll like still rep- bands. Yeah, it's just like you put effort into it. And I'm like, I don't know, it's a band T-shirt. That should be cool.
0: Um, but yeah, so it, we we had this photo to, ta- and I asked this guy standing up front, real nice looking guy, you know, just like a real sweetheart, wearing a nice little sweater and all of this, and I was like, Hey, would you mind getting a photo of us? And uh, the guy, you know, and I'm trying to get it all right and everything like that. Makes the guy uh, take
1: it like four times.
0: I really wanted to get this photo right. And what was interesting, I don't know if ironic is the right term. here because I never quite get that uh, definition right Uh, but uh, it was an interesting contrast and that for my picture that I had to get just right uh, it was taken by the person in the room that night who probably cared the least about having it together and it turned out that that person happened to be Mr. Transylvania
1: our very first act (laughs) if you could call it that but yeah, we we made the opener uh, take a picture of us, so we're, we're assholes, Mister Transylvania. The only info that we have on him is his name is Chris Shields, um, and he made a movie with Trader Chi, or a, a, a music video with Trader Chibachi, and so that's sort of how we knew them and how he got included, and uh, that's sort of the only info that we have other than what we observed.
0: Uh, as far as what I observed, uh-huh. um, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, take psych- psychedelics around this guy at your own risk. Yeah. I would say that uh, he probably shows up in DMT trips now and then, sure. like just on invite. <laughs> Hello, circling, I'm here to teach you. you a lesson. Uh, this guy, he's okay. So first impression, he just really looks completely harmless, like sure. my IT guy at work. Honestly, I uh, so Mr. Transylvania does um, very highly physical. Uh, on the floor, a cappella, spoken word that made me really glad that I didn't take shrooms that night. Right. <laughs> um,
1: pretty, pretty high level of intensity.
0: How do you even describe this? Okay, so his first song was called I Farted in Heaven. Mm-hmm. A and banger. It, and it smelled or something like that. That's literally the lyrics. And this guy was like, you know, I had to say, he, he, he must have given himself quite the workout. I mean, he was, you know, on the floor, kicking his feet up, doing what sort of looked like my tricep bends that I do at the gym, on the bench, uh, doing those... and jumping uh, up on the stage and yeah you know on it and thrashing uh, about and he didn't give a shit about making mistakes one time he tried to kick his notebook in the air and he missed yeah. he was like fuck it then he tried to toss and catch his glasses and yeah they fell right missed. to the ground I'm like this guy's a mess
1: <laughs>
0: he pulled his sweater off now it's like the t-shirt you know maybe the belly's shown a little bit mm. he doesn't care he didn't give He's a fuck. Pre- pretty sweaty. I thought he might tear the t-shirt off. I was like, that could be fair game. He had a song like someone told me to put on my pants. I was like, I think this guy's pants might might come off. Right,
1: that you was guys, a possibility is, like, at the time.
0: Really wild. Like, if you guys are familiar with like theater for the new city uh, or like the Howl Festival, just like really weird avant-garde. It, it, I mean, I guess it was songs. Yeah, but it was like sort of more like
1: s- shout songs,
0: shouting poetry to a melody. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And like I said, I haven't seen anything like that outside of like purely like it, open mics or art festivals. Yeah. Never opening for a band. It, was it felt super like wild. it felt
1: like somebody was at an improv thing, and the audience goes, "Okay, make up a song about farting and sing it like you're on a shitload of coke."
0: Or make up a song about Charles Manson because he didn't feel his death got enough fanfare, is how you put it. It was called This One's for the Dog Shit. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, We had The Cat Sitter.
1: That's right. Um, Uh, About how he was said that the cat only liked him for food. Yeah. I think that was the message. Um, If you're a cat sitter, then the cat that you're watching doesn't like you.
0: I don't know if this guy has a band and they just didn't show up. He was like, fuck it, I'm doing this anyway. Because it was like, sort of like King Missile, but like totally maniacal and all over the place. Uh, Really wild. Oh, uh, Sex with a Ghost. Have Sex with a Ghost. Remember that one? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I was so... Uh, t- these, are,
1: these are all also like short 60-second songs. So oh,
0: yeah. And then after every song, he'd look at his watch and be like, okay, I have six minutes and 32, 32 seconds, seconds left.
1: Yeah. Because it's he like had... I got t- 10 minutes up here. And,
0: and after every song, he'd tell us how much time he had left. I was just like, it's the 10-minute ten, ten spectrum show. Do you remember
1: about halfway through, that old dude was on the side just laughing so hard that it made him laugh, and then he couldn't get through it. Through Which his song? song? Early on.
0: Was it the guy that was, like, really enthused later? Later
1: on, too. It was the same dude, yeah.
0: Okay, he, I'm Yeah, the same guy will make
1: a a reappearance. But, yeah, this this old dude was laughing so hard. Right next to him, too. He was not far away. And uh, old Mr. Transylvania here, Mr. Chris Shields, was having a hard time getting through one song in particular.
0: You see, for me, it's like, it's I don't know how I would have reacted to it if I wasn't doing it for a podcast. Because, like, okay, I know I have to cover this guy and talk about him. Uh, and he had taken our picture. He's clearly a very nice person. Mm. And so I was just kind of like, um, I was so taken aback. Because I, it, it took me literally the whole, almost the whole 10 minute set to recover and actually record audio. But the point is, is like, I have literally one 30 second clip of this guy because I was just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> sure. Is it okay to laugh? <laughs> Like
1: That was a thing. I couldn't tell. Is it but everybody else? If I doing laugh, it, so. am
0: I laughing at him or am I laughing with him? Does he not care either way? Is this serious art? Mm. Like I just was like I didn't know uh how to react. And because we do have this show, it's like I sort of lose a degree of anonymity. Like, I remember those assholes sure, laughing yeah, at yeah. me. How serious do I need to take this? You know what I'm saying? Like, um, Uh, just just so so wild uh but then you know when i talked to him to him later it was like completely normal conversation it's like this mr hyde
1: it almost felt like it almost felt like the guy lost at fantasy football and this was like his punishment is he had to do this you know what i mean like that's how wild and bizarre it felt to me
0: yeah you guys i just i really honestly unless you've seen some really like imagine like The the craziest spoken word uh, poetry you've ever seen at like ABC No Rio or whatever if you're familiar with that or wherever the fuck you see your spoken word in Portland or whatnot and then sort of add like the physicality of like um – I don't know Gallagher without the hammer. I don't sure. know. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It was just like that's not like that. Not the perfect analogy, but I I just can't think of the actual person I'm thinking of, which is actually this metal singer. Um, I I don't know. That's that. So that's what it was, you guys. It was ten minutes of 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 that
1: manic, uh, bizarre music.
0: And you just you you like it or you don't or you're ambivalent. I don't know what to tell you because we always say, Do we r- recommend? Uh, I don't know. I recommend Mr. Transylvania join forces with more people. I'm not sure that this is uh, something to carry on one's own. You know, even if he created and then played some background tracks, like some yes, clash sure. shit, like, or maybe some multimedia, maybe something on a projector. This is like an art project, really.
1: I, I would thank you. Yeah. So
0: to take it on its own with, like, not even any sort of, like, if you had something with a tambourine, I think it could. Be fleshed out a little bit and then I have to revisit it. I'm on the fence. I don't know. I can't say. I would have to see it again and I would have to see more, more, uh, more of it, uh, more, Here, more dimensions and layers to it.
1: Here's what I'll say next time you go out to see some weird fucking indie bands and you see Mr. Transylvania is going to be the first one on, I don't know. Don't skip it. It'll at least be entertaining.
0: And I will say this too that uh, <clears throat> if the acts that followed Mr. Transylvania. Uh, fail to put out the same level of effort, you can say, you know what? At least Mr. Transylvania fucking tries. Yeah,
1: for sure, for Ed sure. man
0: fucking gives it 110%. You know what I'm saying? And and, and you know that's sounds- Heavy breathing and
1: sweating at the end and- 10 minutes of doing that, I'll, I'll respect.
0: I do certainly respect the the level of commitment and the level of effort that's put on because my feeling is like if you were to see this and you were to call it a fail, at least this guy failed big. At least mm. he tries, makes an effort. He takes risks and I I uh, respect uh, risk takers. And, he, and, and it is done in a way to me that it's like I don't feel like he's quote unquote trying to be weird. I think this guy is truly very weird and uh, he needs to get it out. And that's why... Even though I like kind of like turned my nose up a bit at Gene Baker a couple of weeks ago, sure, uh, I felt like Gene had a level of like I don't know trying to you know distance himself from the audience and like put up a wall between you and his weirdness mm. and for Mister Transylvania
1: weirdness on display and not just to entertain you, right? His but weirdness. with like his
0: shades, Mister Transylvania had no such wall. Mm. There was no such wall between us and him. So uh, yeah. Uh, that That's what I that's what I can say uh, about that. Um, so, uh, you know, we had a little bit of a break. Right, Isn't and this
1: band set up.
0: Uh, yeah, which was uh, Starla Online.
1: Starla Online uh, is, you know, government name Lindsay Dobbs, uh, plus a couple members uh, of her backing band that were also part of Godcaster. Did you say
0: government name? Government
1: name, yeah. <laughs> Come on, it's pretty funny. And she also came on later on and uh, played a little bit with Star- uh, Godcaster, so um but you know the best way to describe her is sort of atonal bedroom pop uh there's not really a ton of info on her she just kind of got her SoundCloud up and her she's got an instagram and yeah that's really the best way to put it the sort of atonal bedroom pop i don't know uh that that that's all the description i could come up with so i'm just gonna give some of my feelings on it uh you know kind of thin nervous uncertain voice uh you know mumbling the whole time a lot of Kind of a lack of charisma, but, uh, you know, solid musical arrangements. Um,
0: I, uh, to start with a positive for myself, I yeah. would say great outfits.
1: Sure. <laughs>
0: uh, very rock and roll. Uh, but my first impression was that this really did sound like the soundtrack to a corporate or a promotional video.
1: Yeah, you did mention that. And like that's a good point.
0: You know, and I was just like like something I would put on a VCR. Uh, their second track sounded like a lullaby. And I felt like I was being lulled at, to sleep. Yeah. Um, Their third track, uh, still instructional video, but with a marginal amount of energy added by the, by this point I did realize, and this is just me speaking for me, this, I I wouldn't even say this band, uh, But this music, this Mm. type of music, no disrespect, this music is not for me to see live. Uh, Would I play it at home on a DMT trip? I keep going back to DMT. uh, Yeah, I I might.
1: Maybe a lazy Sunday, a rainy Sunday. But live,
0: not so much. Mm -hmm. I don't feel a reason to see it live. And like James said, I think that's because I'm not getting very much in terms of uh, the personalities of the artists. And I feel like uh, the recorded experience really wouldn't be any much different from the live one and also be laying in my bed Plus, which I you prefer know, it would probably
1: be a lot clearer because like I said it was quite mumbly it's hard to make out what she was saying
0: right um, and, and you know what I want to say too I know I said it's low energy and it was soft but it's not that it was just soft I like soft you know folk music uh, but you can't reinvent the moldy peaches this way sure, you know what I'm saying right, right. because it, for some reason and I said this to James at the show soft synth music not acoustic but soft synth music specifically just has connotations for me that's Mac of corporate mm. Corporate soundtracks Instructional videos Training videos Because
1: Thing going on in the lobby As you're waiting in the bank
0: Because a corporation Wants to lull you Into complacency And they want to do it In a minimal budget Because hiring a band Costs more Sure And that makes me feel resentful Uh uh-huh. Uh, and I knew that this was actually happening. These people aren't actually corporate. I mean, are they living off mom and dad's corporate money? Who knows? Yeah. Um, but we don't if, know but, about but it, it. yeah, and if they are, uh, make money by providing a soundtrack to the mandatory sexual harassment training video right. that, it, <laughs> that uh, I had to watch. But the, you know, their visual aesthetic is not corporate, but their soundscape uh, most definitely. Re- and, reminds me of that and, and, we and corporate don't mean, music and, doesn't feel good to me and
1: yeah we don't mean cor- wrong. we don't mean corporate as in like Disney pop corporate we mean like what we were saying before elevator music
0: like music yeah, yeah that you hear in an elevator showing
1: in the lobby at your dentist you but know?
0: Y- yeah but like it, even my dentist plays better stuff right. no offense but y- you know what I mean but I just all I can think about is the kind of music that's played like if I'm on hold mm. you know what I mean it's something that they want to do to play to keep me calm so that I you know don't give him any shit and uh yeah for
1: being on there for 20 minutes
0: right and 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 to comply to something i think they should all just go for broke and just wear banana republic up there Sure, you know uh-huh. what i mean go all the way take it all the way uh we had a gentleman sitting on the floor at this point right. so it was that kind One of two. show
1: yeah.
0: um they did bring on a couple trombones which rounded things out a bit
1: and a second keyboardist for a bit I uh, and then it ended up just her and the bassist for the last two songs
0: yeah i just lost track of yeah. this this is not for me um, life.
1: I don't know if she wrote them or if the bassist wrote them. Or I, my guess with this particular act is, uh, like I said, it's a bedroom pop kind of thing. So she yeah. does, she, you know, uh, Kevin Kevin uh, Parkers it on her own, but in a bedroom and, you know, can't make a ton of noise. Um, so I my guess is that she wrote the bass lines. And the reason I say that is because I actually really liked the bass lines throughout her set. Um, and I don't know, again, who wrote it or if maybe the guy is just talented at it. But the best part of that set was the bass lines Throughout, I will give it that.
0: I mean, I, I guess, I guess I was so annoyed and feeling unsettled that I don't, I can't say i even noticed it. I was ready for Mr. Transylvania to just jump up and shake things up.
1: I was, I was looking for the thing to be like, all right, that's at least interesting to me or entertaining. Because,
0: because when I was talking about walls,
1: Mm.
0: Mr. Transylvania doesn't have a wall. She had a wall. She had a wall between us and her. And I'm like, I don't know how to connect with you. Your hair is kind of in your face and uh and and your band members are just kind of like sort of receded into the background stepping forward i I feels unfair to say because it's not that they're a bad band it's just stylistically uh not my thing sure the final song you gave up
1: i did yeah i had to go get a drink It's like I don't mean to be mean I'm sorry If I sound like a total asshole But it's like you said uh, It's like the last show we covered Was The Living Strange And now I have to like I'm not gonna say What what
0: your exact quote was Even though I remember Exactly what you said (laughs) Maybe don't do that (laughs) But you said something specific That made me laugh Yeah and uh, came back with drinks. So thanks for the drinks, James. <laughs> that round was on you. Uh, so in terms of a recommend, in terms of being an appropriate opener, okay. Oh, going back to Mr. Transylvania, I uh, appropriate opener maybe considering how many was in between him and the headliner. Yeah. As far as this being an appropriate opener, considering
1: the uh, manic energy. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. This this is an opener. I'm gonna say didn't quite fit for me.
1: No, because it went manic to very. Reserved to, and then we, you know we'll get into it. Yeah. But Eyes of Love, the next act, also very reserved, bedroom pop kind of thing. Um, and then you get to Godcaster, who's tons of manic energy, and you know Tredici the main act, who's just plenty of energy up there. So, so
0: yeah, uh, so so maybe not, maybe not the best fit, and probably not not a band that I would see live again. But I'll I'll listen to their recordings in the comfort of my own home.
1: Yeah, maybe you're into that. Check them out, but I'm not. So.
0: Uh, James had mentioned Eyes of Love, which was the next man At this point, you know, I'm ready for a burst of energy. Uh, but, um, well. Uh,
1: another act that there's just, you know, not a shitload of info on, Eyes of Love, uh, government, government name, because I'm going to stick with that. Andrea, Andrea Schiavelli, uh, who is an L.A. and New York City-based, I don't know, bedroom pop act is really the best way to put it. Uh, I guess he's been associated with a couple other acts. I, I hadn't heard of him. Uh, he was, like, a, one of those guys who was, like, a founding member of this act and spent a couple of times on this band and now just sort of does his own thing. And uh, I guess his own thing is Eyes of Love, which, you know, um, I just, the, he told the crowd to shut up. You know Yeah, I didn't I mean? feel loved at all. Yeah, he, the guy it was, like, in the if first... If there was any of,
0: love in those eyes, I didn't see it.
1: Yeah, and, and, and I get it. There was an awful lot of chatter, but, I don't know, make them shut up with your music. Don't just be like, I need, like, 50 people to to be quiet right now
0: well also too it seemed like in the beginning when he said that they were having like serious sound issues from some yeah. years, like serious sound yeah. issues I mean in their mind anyway because it took them forever to start a song yeah. remember like and they then, kept starting, yeah. and stopping and then and starting and stopping and
1: then everybody's chatting up and yeah because people were like okay right.
0: well you know let us know when you're ready and we'll shut up yeah but it was like I want silence while I do my sound check and I'm like I don't think it works like yeah, that right 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 I think you just kind of have to figure it out.
1: Yeah, if you um, can't tell, he he kind of came off on a bad foot.
0: Uh, their third song, I had here's a thing though, is like their third song, and I have a note here that I had high hopes for because I heard this synth guitar bass combo. Mm-hmm. It was very secure, and I was yeah. liking it. Then he started singing. And it was, I'm sorry, man, but just utterly devoid of the passion that like Robert Smith brings. Sure. Like like this orgasm that was starting and then it just didn't happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And know, this is another one where felt. It, it
1: sounded thin, like uncertain and mumbled. It was like yeah. mumbled the whole time. There's no charisma.
0: And the thing was too is like, I found it hard to believe that given the sort of determination and almost forcefulness in his voice when he wanted us to shut the fuck up, mm-hmm. it was hard for me to believe that he couldn't inject that into his vocals, he just didn't want to. Yeah, I, hope, I don't
1: know if, well, I, I don't know maybe he's having a bad night or whatever but yeah in this case it just seemed like he didn't he, he was just like let's get through this and get off the I stage I don't know
0: but I just felt like he didn't care it was like yeah. it, you know the, some of the music the tracks were truly good and, and I had said to James I was like this is a, like a date where like the app profile was real good that was like the baseline and the synth Yeah. but a front man's vocals and personality can make or break a performance and this guy's vocals was like well like I said the profile was real good and then you go on the date and it's like pulling teeth and yeah, I'm kind of like well, if you don't want to be on this date, I guess I don't want to be on this date sure. either, so bye. Yeah,
1: yeah. Guess I, I'll
0: chat like you didn't want me to. I feel like you don't want me here. You don't care whether I'm here, and, so and that's the you thing. don't care if you're here. Yeah, it
1: just felt like, I don't know, he seemed grumpy up there. Like he was frustrated and just wanted to get off. So, okay, guy, maybe you're having a bad night, but you still, you know, there's people that paid to come and see this. Yeah, well, know? it's like, okay, if you're having Act a like bad you've night, been here before I'll just
0: I'll just step to the, to the back for a while and hang out and, and you know and Try to engage the bartender. Right, Talk right. about sweaters and bob sure. haircuts. I don't know. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, this another example. Of this there's a song where the female drummer just saying, "I'm crying over and over and over," which is like, like if your 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 date gets an, a quote unquote you know, manufacturing emergency text from his little sister saying she's crying, but he, uh-huh. he doesn't know why and he, he has to go. I have to
1: go. I can't ignore uh, this. Yeah,
0: I have to, I can't ignore this This text that says, I'm crying, I'm crying. Well, what are you crying about? But that was the whole song. I'm crying, I'm crying, I'm crying, said about 15 times yeah. by the drummer song and that was the song. Do you remember this song? Yeah,
1: oh yeah, I mean, you know, I guess. I honestly zoned out through a lot of it.
0: Do you remember the the song <laughs> that was like a stop, start, start song? Oh, You know what? because because i what, feel did you catch it yes i did and i, and I just i'm just going to d- do that real this this did not they were smirking at this uh, i did not find this amusing <laughs> Uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, maybe I didn't catch quite the total start-stop aesthetic, but I promise you that was happening. Uh, but that was like some edging that I wasn't feeling at all. Sure. Um, I guess some audience members found it amusing because they were kind of giggling, and ma- maybe these were friends of theirs. But uh, I did, I did not find that amusing, and and this is my feeling because I know I had really talked up Jamie Branch, who's mm. also uh, very avant garde. But if you want to pull some like I don't give a fuck avant garde shit on me, you better be Jamie fucking Branch and play yeah, at a least me jazz yeah. trumpet or some shit. She really brought it. Give she did some, some weird, interesting things. She sang. She had funny lyrics. She, you know, played that bass that blew us. Yeah, you know, right backwards right. give me a break you know yeah, what i mean like right. you can you, 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 you better or are you,
1: you too cool to be here you better pull you know? it, have
0: some chops if you're gonna pull that and and they're doing like we're doing whatever you want to do i was like okay maybe i should do whatever i want to do maybe i should do some yoga i didn't get yeah. my yoga in today i'm just yeah. do some yoga on the floor probably no one would have cared if i just started doing like downward yeah. dog in the front you know no, what i of mean not. Right. going to the bathroom that's a normal thing to do but i was like how about i just do whatever i feel like i didn't feel uh loved engaged. loved by those eyes yeah oh. uh they had a song uh living for the weekend i would say uh this was their most okay song which is you know not, not saying, great to say. saying much and i feel like i'm ripping on this band and this this band is probably gonna be very unhappy with you know if they do listen with what i'm saying but all i'm saying is just you know let me put it to you this way i was more um taken in by mr transylvania because i'm just not taken in by this sort of i'm fucking with you and um i don't care Mm -hmm. unless your chops are like elite
1: yeah unless i feel like i can't be doing that right now you know
0: what i'm saying that your skills are like quite remarkable Mm -hmm. but but other than that uh you're gonna have a hard time finding me feeling good about a performance where uh you don't really seem to care whether I'm there or not. Mm. So that's that's and, and my feeling. Seem like,
1: and you seem like you don't even want to be there in particular.
0: Right. So my feeling is like, um, again, uh, you know, now I like my disappointment was even uh, greater. Maybe I would cut a little bit of slack to uh, Stella Online shyness and a style I didn't like. Mm. Uh, but now I was even more disappointed because I was like, well, now I feel like that I'm not even – it doesn't, it doesn't matter whether I'm here or not yeah, watching right, right, this band right. and it's not a like oh I'm so special make me feel special but it's just like the whole point of doing art is like to engage people oh, in especially some the whole, way the whole
1: point of a musical live musical performance is to you know perform in front of a fucking crowd like is that is that right. what you're trying to show like what yeah. they were up there doing and
0: if you want to if you want to make it like fuck you I don't care what you think that's your right but yeah, then you have to it understand do it the corner of the
1: moment though but, but if you're going <laughs> to do it you're going to
0: have to understand your audience might say fuck you right yeah, back yeah. and if you're okay with that then you don't care that i'm saying this so great we're even
1: yeah cheers
0: (laughs) all right so uh let's move on to uh, something more positive shall we yeah
1: one of the acts we actually came here for
0: uh godcaster
1: yeah so i guess i guess we kind of skipped over the fact that we didn't really have a plan initially to go to this show we really didn't have anything in particular that we were absolutely going to do for this week and i think this was what wednesday night we were just kind of dicking around like does this seem interesting to you? Whenever we recorded, whatever yeah, that was we whatever was the last one, we were just like, does that that looks kind of interesting? We haven't really been there before, and then I stumble across. Uh, the first band Godcaster is a band that I have seen before and I have and you've seen before with me and who I have wanted to see again so I'm like oh Godcaster is opening for somebody who could that be who that turned out to be was traded Shibachi. so this kind of turned into one of those perfect things where we were just kind of zoom uh, dicking around looking for anything interesting we found something really interesting um, so what, what we're getting at here is now is the two acts that we actually came here to uh, to you know, see that night, and they did not disappoint. So to start off, we had Godcaster, who is uh based between uh Brooklyn and Philly. Uh, you got Judson. The main band is Judson Kolk on vocals and guitar, Bruce Eversole on bass guitar, David McFowl, I believe you pronounce that, on keyboard, Von Lee who plays vocals, tambor- uh, tambourine, and I believe the oh no, vocals and tambourine, and Sam Pickard, and on the drums and. Or I'm sorry, Von Lee must be also be the flautist, but doesn't necessarily say that anywhere.
0: I'm sorry, Von, and and the lead singer again was his name was Judson Judson. Cole. Okay,
1: so that's the main band. Uh, and I found this "Oh My Rockness" article, and they described them as a glammy post-punk no-wave band, which I think works. It's a pretty pretty good way to describe. And the reason I'm going with this article instead of my own thoughts, folks, is because. I don't know. It's pretty hard to categorize these guys. The thing that I came up with was they seemed to me like a bunch of theater and orchestra nerds that had a thing for, for punk rock and said, screw it. Let's let's bring those together.
0: Well, judging by what I heard, they had a thing for just about a little bit of everything. Sure. Um, but in first impressions, I, I immediately got energy from Judson, which had me saying to myself, oh, some energy from our front, Manny. That's some shit. Right. Right. We're finally there. Um. The uh, lead, uh, so uh, Judson and uh, Vaughn had this sort of Robin Hood, Maid Marian thing going on, Mm. literally. Like, he literally had on, like, this Robin Hood costume. With, like, the lace-up boots, and she had, like, on a long, white-flowing dress. Yeah, yeah, and he had Robin Hood energy. Not like, um, you know, Kevin Costner Robin Hood energy, Mm. but, like, the cartoon. Yeah, yeah. He had a lot of energy. He looks like Luke Jenner.
1: Kind of. That's a good point. Yeah, long hair
0: that's a good sign Mm -hmm. more on that in a future episode hopefully but anyway uh this music as you said uh I didn't even know what to call it It was Mm -hmm. very weird and very disjointed and a lot of it truly was dissonant noise but I was like I can forgive this even though I can't quite figure out where we're going Mm -hmm. because of the energy on stage um there were and
1: because it still felt like you were going somewhere with it
0: not at first for me
1: no okay not in the first song okay but okay
0: in the very first song, I was like, I don't know where this is going. This sounds like a bunch of noise. Uh, this must be what like rock and roll sounds to like people born in the early part of <laughs> sure. the century. Like, what is all this noise? I couldn't make heads or tails of it. But I did detect underlying chords that were sort of like f- forming a foundation. So I sort of grabbed onto that like mm. a life, uh, um, a lifeboat in this tempestuous storm of music. Um, and they were just kind of... So
1: poetic of you.
0: Oh, I don't know. It yeah, just I came to me. Nicely done. Huh? Uh, but yeah, no, I just felt as being tossed about. You know what I'm saying? Um, but uh, yeah, but that storm was like them just kind of messing around a lot with the music, which. Isn't for everyone. Mm-hmm. I'll acknowledge that this is not the most accessible band. Absolutely it's not. Quite, yeah. quite in, inaccessible in its way. If but, you listen
1: to the recorded stuff, a song here or there, sure, you yeah. definitely throw those on. But as a whole, yeah, no.
0: But I didn't mind the lack of uh, of, of accessibility because I saw a lot of, like I said, energy and experimentation. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it really affected everyone around him, including uh, what's her what's her name, Estelle Von Line.
1: Uh, Lindsay Dobbs.
0: So. She, oh, like, online. came out of her shell in yeah. this band. She played trombone, and yeah. it was, like... Because it was, like...
1: I, I suppose we should mention, I believe there were three extra members there, not the five main ones that I listed off. Uh So just to throw that, include that, they, they had a couple extra band members join them.
0: Yeah, case. and it was great. It was this, like, beautiful cacophony, which is a word I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, couldn't wait to use that one either. But, uh, yeah, so uh, I just felt like everyone kind of came out of the shell. They were playing around. They were talented musicians. Um... I don't know. I can't tell if it was because the bar had been on the ground at this point or if it truly was the energy and the interesting things going on musically, even if they weren't particularly harmonic, shall we say. Mm. I-, I didn't mind. I felt engaged. Do yeah, you see right. What I'm saying? I felt right. very disengaged before that. Now and, I felt engaged. And they engaged. were able
1: to just kind of draw you in.
0: Uh, the song that they, first song that they played that I felt, what you felt, where I felt there was a direction where I was like, okay, I, I, I feel like I know where I am, you know, mm. in in this whole mess, was She's a God. Gun. Gun. Yeah, Excuse She's a me. Gun. That's yes. a great one.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm having played... that
0: play underneath.
1: You should, yeah. And so uh, the recorded version's a little less disjointed than how they play it. That's one that gets stuck in my head quite a bit. I'll, I'll throw that one. On. And you guys could find this on uh, the Sick Openers playlist that I have, because these guys were a band that I had initially discovered as an opener. So a uh, quick uh, shout-out to that one. Shameless plug on that um they that song is you know it's almost dancey and it's like it's like just atonal enough but it's like you still feel that uh through line going going underneath it all you know
0: yeah it had this like sort of slow tempo marching forward sort of funk beat that reminds me of sort of like if you were to slow down something like pick up the pieces Mm -hmm. you know what i mean um and I—that's uh, a sound that I really like. Um, I real don't...
1: thrashing guitars and uh, you know vocals on top of that, and then this sort of. Uh, added layer of In this case You know A flute And I believe A trombone And some string instrument I don't remember What they used At that point on It's a fun it song all. And
0: a good intro To who they are
1: For sure Yeah
0: um, uh, We had a, a song I mean I, I can't ID these uh, uh, But you know I heard a great bass line And again Some sort of Intentionally dissonant Like Sgt. Pepper Like type sure. thing Going on yeah. Instrumentals Where it's just You know the All this sort of Like weird uh, sounds Sort of swirling around In this sort of Like uh, soundstorm yeah. you know if you will but then it all kind of came together they're uh, almost a
1: baroque sound
0: to me yeah, I don't they know if that's the right word for it but I to feel me, like they know where they're going you right. know what I mean but you're like where am I oh right. okay oh that's I'm here. that's what it is oh cool I feel, I feel like very yeah. Morty like right, yeah,
1: where yeah right going? right you know the old rick there
0: right and it's just you're just taking into like uh alternate like audio universes or whatever and they're like it's fine well we're coming back to home soon you're like, okay and just roll with it um the synth guy got on the vocals for a while mm. his name was david something I believe or so. uh, the, the uh, flute player got singing too and uh, man she knows how to get weird huh yeah oh sure I said to you, I said, if she was wet with that crazy eye shit and that white dress, it'd be like Ringu. Yeah, right. You know right. what I'm saying? I was, uh, a little, I was a little worried. I was like, oh, man, yeah, she's going to come like, eat me. Sh-
1: she wasn't really singing. It was more like oohs and ahs and that yeah. sort of thing, these sort of long, drawn-out operatic things, which the next band, Tredo Chibachi, did quite a bit of, too. We'll get into that. So, uh, Which you know, kind of leads to this uh, them being a, a solid opener for to Chibachi then, too.
0: Yeah, when you were saying about the operatic vo- yeah. vocals, we had some straight up punk with yeah. operatic vocals on top. Neat, Yeah, sort of, right? Yeah,
1: that sort of baroque thing that I mentioned before. It's just like almost these classical sounds to it, and then this like sort of driving punk sensibility.
0: I do so love the combination of punk and opera. Yeah, I hey, really why not? do. Not too many Nobody people else is do doing it. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the closest thing I would think that you might uh, see something like that is. Um, uh, you know what? I'm gonna save that note I'm gonna bring that up right. later okay. um but uh, but I, I do have a comparison but it, it fits better with it with a diff with the the next band because you usually don't find like you know the classically trained musicians are like in this world where they almost like
1: yeah. see
0: like punk is beneath them right, I would right. say that there's almost like this this divide but when the two come together, it's magical and done right
1: sure yeah it
0: really is. So uh, God bless the uh, classical musicians that are willing to sort of step outside of that world mm. and participate in acts like this uh, because it, it, it then you truly also develop an appreciation for the vocalist where, let's get real, a lot of people just aren't going to barge music or like, you know, the Met Opera for this kind of thing. Of course, and this right, is an opportunity right. for them to truly appreciate the gifts and the training uh, of that vocalists like this. That might go somebody
1: that can pull off those, right. those lyrical right. journeys.
0: Uh, then we had a, a funk track again, uh, with their own weird spin. Uh, I kind of, I kind of want to just have a listen here on that. <laughs> I see what I mean? At first, you listen to those weird note progressions, like it, yeah, what is going on? What kind of it, melody is that? Yeah. Like, hang on, it's coming. It
1: started out sounding like a, a '50s sci-fi film, and then yeah, it, yeah and then it drops, and it's, you know that that sort of wild punk jump around sound. And
0: there isn't that immediate gratification. Like, my, like I'm going to give an example. Uh, and, th- and this isn't a dig, but I I, f- the th- I feel like the first time I learned about immediate gratification was like through my own parents, sure. and I play them a song. I'm not even talking about like an "I will possess your heart" type of intro, but something long and be like "What are they going to start singing like my dad Mm. get real impatient he he wants to hear he wants to hear vocals you know he wants them in he wants to know what what the thread is right away that is the music he was raised on this music doesn't provide the instant gratification it takes you in some weird places and you're like i'm not sure if i like this and they're like if you just stick with them they You'll find something go- you They like. good groove, yeah. you know? But I like that. I like that they play around like that. Because they eventually do take you somewhere. Sure. Um, which is uh, there's method sort to of the a Yonatan kind of does that. Yeah, there's,
1: there's a method to the madness for them. You yeah, know? they're
0: very versatile. I mean, now we've talked about uh, funk, punk, opera. Classical. Class, right? R- right rope, opera slash classical, yeah. But opera such class, but you know, and rock, and then their final song, they brought in what I felt was an, another uh, genre nod. It was this like freight train, almost bluesy. Sure. Uh, this one was great. I mean, it, but again, in their weird avant garde notes all over the place way, yeah. uh, the melody structures were very jazzy. Honestly, I mean, you guys just like listen to this. Like yeah. it's super super cool. Uh, and then there was that old, like we you mentioned uh, him uh, earlier, that older super fan man. Yeah, God he was like blessing. sitting up
1: in the front, and as they were starting out and they were getting real punky, he starts going, "Oh, I can tell I'm really gonna like this act." Like he reaches over and grabs one of the guys on stage. Oh, good gracious! He was like, gracious. "I can tell I'm really gonna like this act." And, Guy, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> Who's grandpa? I, are you?
0: He's he's going to be on the stories, right? I don't know if you have. You I, I the did story. catch a picture of him. This, this guy was really something else. And I know it's like, we're taking pictures of people enjoying themselves, but it's like, well, you know.
1: The guy was making a scene. You're like, making <laughs> a scene,
0: people are going to take pictures of you, especially if they're, you know, recapping the event. Uh, That's all
1: right, I, I feel like he doesn't have an Instagram.
0: Uh, appropriate opener, 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, for it
1: takes so time. many reasons. Big time.
0: Musicality, weirdness, high energy, uh, Vers versatile, uh, layered instrumentation, um, unexpected moments, then taking you uh, onto a track. For all of those reasons, 100% appropriate. And as far as recommending them, I would say if you like accessible music, which a lot of people I know do, this is not for you. Um, but if you like stuff that's a little bit more experimental and you're willing to just sort of ride it out until they get into what feels like a more comfortable, uh, familiar beat, 100%.
1: Like this, again, I think I said this with uh, uh, Living Stranger last time. I've seen this band before. I've never paid more than $10 for them. So, you know, throw down 10 bucks to see uh, 30 minutes of this act. That's absolutely different from anything else you're going to see before. And they're between Brooklyn a lot and Philly. So, you know, there's crowds in both of them that should be interested in something like this. And, and, I, I, would and say, I, hope, I hope they get a little bit more recognition, you know.
0: And I would say you could uh, enjoy this band even more on some kind of stimulant.
1: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: So they closed out. I was, like, jazzed. I'm, like, really excited for Trudy Chibachi, even though it was pretty late at this point on a school night. And I'm thinking, how will they fit uh, a band of this size, 14-piece on the Mercury stage? Well, I was already seeing it and set up. And I wish I had gotten a video because – i don't know i don't think i have one but if i do i am speeding it up and putting it to the yakety sex song nah, 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 because that's exactly nah, what it was nah, when nah, people nah, nah, were bumping nah, nah, into nah, nah, each nah, other it was like yeah exactly you know like the violin players, like oh excuse me and like yeah. people are trying to get around each other it was quite amusing uh yeah, b- now
1: you might have uh, jumped the gun a little bit there because i don't think we ever actually mentioned that this is a 14 piece band that we came to see yeah no there was just like yeah. initial
0: visual like what's going on but now like but the bands.
1: yeah um so this band is traded chibachi and uh that's really the uh the band is really simon haynes who sort of composes all of this music and 13 others uh their facebook group names 25 and i'm not going to sit here and do that i don't know who's currently still on the band uh but the band includes Simon Haynes himself on guitar and occasionally singing. This is also singer uh, Sammy Stevens, who I will throw her name out because she's got a hell of a voice. And then there was a drummer, bassist, saxophone, trumpet, trombone, synth, flute, clarinet, two violinists, and a violist. And for a couple minutes, some dude on the mandolin. So that's a hell of a lot of people to fit on a Mercury Lounge. Uh, a, yeah, Mercury Lounge stage there.
0: And I can't say that uh, I'm usually the person that, uh, you know, James kind of handles our stories. I'll I'll typically take photos. Uh, I can't say that I got anything with all of the band members. Uh, I apologize. But it's just damn near impossible because the lighting is just way too low to be that far zoomed out uh, to get everyone and have have the picture mean anything. Plus, it's Um, pretty
1: crowded on that stage, too. So it was hard to get any detail.
0: Right. But I will say that everybody, truly everybody mattered. Everyone added something to that. Um, and that sounds like, uh, I'm giving out trophies to first graders, but, um, but it's the truth.
1: Yeah. I mean, for something this big, so uh, instead of just describing it, they have, cause this one's tough to describe. They have a good bio up. Okay. I'm just going to read the bio. It's okay. the easiest thing to do. Uh, the bio says six years ago camp formanger which means composer arranger and performer Simon Haynes founded Trader Chibachi a 14 piece chamber rock orchestra as a vehicle by which to explore his near manic obsession with music from Italian films from the 1960s and 70s for those who don't know Trader Chibachi means 30 kisses since then the New York based group has been smacking audiences right in the face with their celebratory and transgressive approach to a largely overlooked musical Lineage, Haynes's original compositions uh, approach the work of maestros like uh, Ennio Morricone and Armando Trevajoli. Uh, I'm probably butchering that from an underground music perspective, resulting in fiery, high energy performances.
0: Even before the music started, they would sort of di- they did their own soundtrack, which uh, miraculously did not require telling the audience to to shut up. If yeah, anything, wild, he wanted right? us to be louder. He's like, "Did yeah. you guys talk so that?" Um, I can kind of hear what this sounds like over, you know, the sort of uh, crowd sounds. Um, (coughs) My goodness. Um, Their sound check was just, like, them playing We Are the Champions. Mm -hmm. Like... (laughs) for like 30 seconds
1: right right and
0: then uh you know and talk about celebratory entrance they did this like silly thing where judson and vaughn from godcaster came up and gave this sort of like fake grammy award to sammy stevens uh best vocalist of uh tradici bocce the joke being she's the only vocalist and it was like two paper cups like glued together like really something uh, truly perpendicular uh and then she did a little speech that was kind of funny um, you guys like I you know the the bio that's a good call because this music is like nothing I've ever seen yeah and is very hard to describe. It, the, it's the, such
1: a specific influence that right. it's hard to be like they sound like this. No, they sound like I am familiar
0: you don't know. with the individual pieces. I am familiar with 50s lounge music. I'm familiar with spaghetti western music. I'm familiar with bossa nova. I'm sure. not fam- I'm familiar with jazzy, uh, vo- uh, vocal vocal jazz, musical mm-hmm. theater. I'm not familiar with putting all of those things together right. on stage just, at once. Yeah,
1: who thinks to listen to uh, old movies like that and go, you know what, that's pretty rad. Uh, that's, that's a pretty rad soundtrack. Let's create a band out of it.
0: We have our opening track, and immediately it's like, I know it's just inevitable. The vocalist will steal the show here. Yeah. And you know what, she deserves it uh she's fantastic mm. uh truly has some chops that are like uh out of this world um operatic really. yeah and she's clearly classically trained
1: yeah and again for most of this there were a handful of songs with some lyrics in it but for most of this much like uh uh the previous act this was more ooze eyes long drawn out ah, 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 kind of deal and you know definitely nothing like you'll you'll have heard or probably will hear again if we're being honest
0: and, uh, yeah, so they were kind of doing interesting up and down the scale stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, again, like, like Godcaster might do, mm-hmm. you know, like, n- uh, note, uh, Sequences that may not seem to like make sense to yeah, yeah. to our sort of to to west to traditional Western music like yeah. the sort of notes that we're here used to hearing coming and, one after the other right and then brought something together, we could not sing along to it's too weird not. yeah
1: and then and then all brought together with this orchestral rock which frankly you just don't right. hear it was a. Uh, You know, it was almost like a weirder Chicago.
0: But then, okay, so they moved into this, like, Latin lounge, like, very 70s track, like, very Penn Hills, actually. It reminds me of the Penn Hills. Well, I talked about Penn Hills before, but it's just, like, basically the the long and short of it is this is since closed down uh, what used to be a honeymoon resort. That's code for Swingers Resort. Mm. Very popular in the 70s and 80s. And they had this commercial that was, like, well, you know, the sound of what you'd expect, like doo doo do, doo do, doo do, doo doo
1: yeah. doo ah,
0: You know what I'm saying? Like that cheesy seventies
1: kind of romantic scene, you know.
0: ah water sports uh which uh, is right. code for you know uh <laughs> they showed you boats on a lake but i'm like mm, yeah, right. Uh-huh, sure uh yeah it was some like trilling flute i really like that you know it was like at, at certain times each musician got to have like a little feature yeah, their moment. Sure. you know the vocalist i said to you at this point she was like she sounds like a theremin
1: yeah she did yeah, yeah. Like, a, like a human theremin
0: again she totally steals a show and i was like well that's how it's gonna be she's gonna steal a show Uh, The song In the 1970s, uh, another great one. Uh, This is uh, one of their more popular songs on Spotify, and it's a fun one. And again, Mm -hmm. it has that sort of like, I would say, to me it sounded more... It's hard, talent. Would you say it was more 50s or 70s? It could well, go either way. It just sounded way. loungy to me. It, it was like between those two. Yeah, it was it's like the, it was the
1: genres of lounge between those two. You know what I mean? It sometimes sounded a little 50s. Sometimes it sounded more glammy 70s loungy. You know? Yeah,
0: I guess so. Yeah, it was like it, it there was that sort lounge. of like. 70s uh lounginess with the sort of uh strings and the oz or whatever but that also i think that kind of kicked off in the 50s and it was also in sure. the 60s as yeah. well um but you know yeah i expected any moment to hear like that uh there was a little percussive instrument that's like you know what i sure, mean like yeah, that kind yeah, of, of, of shit kind of things, yeah you know it's like yeah make me a martini you know yeah, it's, right, right. <laughs> it's kind of like what I Felt Was Coming. Um, and that's just basically a song about things being better in the 1970s. <laughs>
1: sure. <laughs> that's the whole thing. Yeah, not that anybody on that stage in is In the
0: alive 1970s. Then. Yeah, I don't think anyone was actually no. born in the 1970s on that stage. It was also kind of very musical theaterish, you know yeah, what I'm for saying? Sure. Because it was, uh, you know, musical theater tends to like maybe draw out a little bit more. And there's these longer like instrumentals in between and that sort of thing that yeah. you don't typically find in like a, a, a typically structured uh, pop song.
1: Yeah. Remember how I said Godcaster was a uh, theater and orchestra nerds these guys are theater and orchestra oh there was so much theater in this
0: lyrically simple but interesting things going on in terms of the arrangement kudos simon unexpected chord progressions and
1: i think that's all more of homage to the genre you know what i mean if it's supposed to be a soundtrack to a movie there's not going to be a ton of lyrics going on because you're not listening to it. it's going to be something a little more simple a lot of those long trails and oohs and ahs
0: right right um, there was a song that uh, I might have been called Dylan. I I'm not sure, but this was like a straight up bossa nova beat. Yep. I don't know if you remember this, which didn't surprise me in the least. I'm like, it had to be coming. Right, you can't right. you can't do this kind of show that's featuring this kind of lounge music and exotica, uh, as it was called in the '50s, uh, and not have some bossa nova in right. there. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah. So sort of moving into like that, maybe um. It was maybe a little tiki-ish at, at one point, and now it was like straight up bossa nova. And uh, again, the name of that singer that I can't. Uh,
1: we back on it. Uh,
0: yeah, Astrid Singer. I'm gonna fucking. I'm gonna get one name today. I got it, Astrid Gilberto. Hi, Google. Go. Trying to wipe out history like that. Give me some pop singer I never heard of. Astrid <laughs> Gilberto. Tall and tan and young and lovely, the girl from Epona. Remember the song? I
1: have zero idea who you're talking about.
0: Really, that song doesn't bring a bell.
1: Maybe if, like, I actually heard it.
0: So she, uh, she um, channeled Astrid like. Whether she was trying to or not, like the sound was there, that sort of like soft.
1: I'd, I'd imagine she knows her influences sure. if she's in this kind of act
0: sure that relies yeah. so
1: that wears the influence on their sleeve you know
0: right 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 but that's sort of like soft lulling like it's all okay you know type know. of voice that i is just perfect uh she just nailed it nailed it nailed it nailed it uh a 1950s type lounge track uh we saw the drummer's chops here remember mm-hmm, that
1: definitely yeah, yeah he got his moment to uh, just kind of bang away at it mm-hmm. give Some some real interesting rhythms there
0: uh, some almost, coo-
1: almost like a swing kind of moment there, like a mm-hmm. jazzy swing kind of breakdown. Yeah, which exactly. Was neat.
0: Like, yeah, like you would see in like a a, a big band. Right. Like,
1: right. do do yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, some cool organ-like stuff, like Swing uh, on the Sith saw like a Hammond organ. Mm-hmm. Um, some chaotic, like Sergeant Pepper-like uh, breakdowns again. Yeah. Guys, this yeah. was really interesting stuff at so this different. point. So different. Yeah. I feel like they should do soundtracks to short animated films.
1: Yeah, absolutely for sure.
0: You Maybe know what great. I mean? Yeah, like just ten, like weird, uh, abs- ten minute, like the kind yeah. of things that we saw at the the animated shorts festival. Sure, which uh, should be coming up soon, ooh, actually. Ooh, IFC, we oh. check that out uh but yeah it's just something that's just sort of you know bizarre and non-linear and whatever with sort of like quirky characters this would be perfect and this simon is just a bundle of energy you know Mm. he has a vision but he's not an ass about it
1: didn't seem like it yeah Or so it seems
0: i I mean i haven't spent any time with him but he he doesn't he seems like he has a way about things but he has a way of doing it and to engaging his band to where he doesn't make them feel like
1: yeah i think a lot It seemed like he was directing a lot, but I also think that was more of a part of the act. You know what I mean? I didn't really feel like they needed him to be up there Mm -hmm. conducting the way he was, and he was more just doing that because it's fun and it's sort of part of the idea of it. Mm Because it's also so different. You know, you go to this sort of concert... Uh, it, pretty much anywhere in the city and yeah at its core it was still like a rock concert but you just never see a rock concert with this four basically a full orchestration in front of you full band in front of you so it's kind of neat to have somebody that's also stepping back every now and then just to be the conductor in front of them you know
0: although he did have some fun with it he was like okay yeah. I'm gonna conduct you on dynamics and yeah. he was like high low but then every, he was just like moving his hands yeah. so fast he couldn't like, possibly keep up yeah he's
1: going yeah he that does that and like then he goes bit. and he turns to the crowd is like alright you guys are gonna join us anytime I put five up I need you to scream as loud as you can so he would do yeah,
0: that yeah yeah we had that listen he so I a little, met little people, bit of crowd
1: participation just like the last episode
0: and I met people in the crowd who know him they say he's a nice guy I cool, believe good. them yeah. uh, that's, I'm glad to hear that that's hard for a visionary to be when you right. need to have things a certain way and you're dealing with all these personalities uh that are very different so kudos yes yeah, some mandatory crowd participation which was basically screaming yes
1: that's all it was this time I don't think too many people were, were upset about that
0: I was sick so I kind of wished it was just you know the dancing <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, but I tried uh, and I'll be honest the audience yelling actually did add to the aesthetic yeah like, it didn't feel superfluous I actually felt like it fit
1: yeah it didn't just feel like something was doing a mess with the audience yeah like, just, they just actually to make actually us included feel it into the songs every now and then it yeah, was neat in like, a way that made yeah. sense yeah,
0: uh, Promises, uh, which we, um, no, we did not play that one yet. Yeah, we'll um, close out
1: on that one. It's a good right,
0: one. Right, uh, that was where we saw that dynamic play. That was very fun, very silly. Uh, we were sort of raising his hands mm-hmm. up and down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then into the vocals, I mean, again, very like 1970s slash musical theater slash jazz vocals, uh, which all kind of um, crossed over. You know, during the 70s and 80s, clearly the 70s have a very, very strong influence here. Uh, honestly, this vocalist could have a solo career. Yeah. So, I don't know. I called it with Alison Olender in the Upstate. You did, yeah. Uh, in our episode, although I had said, give it 10 years. Well, it was more like Couple 10 of weeks. weeks.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> if that, uh, congrats to her. But anyway, um, then they said they had a, uh, uh, a chill track. Again, very much uh, Astra Gilberto, mm. but funky.
1: Yep, yep, yep.
0: And then Simon joined in, and then it was like real bad, but like intentionally bad.
1: Yeah, it was like bad, but like good. I don't know. Because he started <laughs> singing,
0: he was like, rah, 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 and his voice. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. It was funny though, and he knew he was, he knew what he was doing. Um, introduced the band, and then we had our final song that was brand new. Uh,
1: Did you get the name of it when he said it? I forget.
0: Well, I can't get the name of it, but I yeah. can tell you that there is a, a repeating lyric in it called We Are The Future. Yeah. Or the, it's not called, but a repeating lyric in it that goes, We Are The Future. So I think it may have been called that. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a, sure.
1: Some real cheesy, super uplifting 70 lyrics, but you know you you know that that's what they were going for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, this one, they said, uh, well, he said they never performed it. He claimed they never reversed it. Right. I don't know if I believe that. Yeah. Uh, but we were... A, uh, sup- supposedly,
1: sup- we were the first to ever hear it like. Supposedly,
0: it was a world premiere.
1: Yeah. Supposedly. Which is kind of neat.
0: Uh, this one really featured the strings. This was really like their um, their time to shine. Mm. Uh, this song could go on Sesame Street. I remember saying that yep. to you. Because it's very much like we are the future, and the future is unified. I don't know. You guys will hear the song when we play it on, on the... Uh, End here, but uh, um, yeah, it, it was uh, it was like an, these sort of uplifting lyrics that um, I can't tell if they were supposed to be like <laughs> cheesy, like yeah. ironic, cheesier, or if they were being sincere. But I'll take it either way. Yeah, maybe could,
1: sincerely, ironically cheesy. We could you know? use some.
0: Sinc- we could use yeah. some like uh, wholesome sincerity yeah. on this song. It's is like, very wholesome. Yeah, it's, it's very. Like, we know like, this is
1: this is cheesy, but let's take it serious for a little bit, kind of thing. It's That's very, kind of the vibe that I got. He's like, yeah, I know this is dumb, but you know what? Take it seriously for for now.
0: It's very much like I'd like to teach the world to sing a perfect you know that song? Yeah, right, right. Very much like that kind of thing. Like something you'd have like middle school kids sing in sure. chorus. Yeah, yeah. Uh and they had us sing it. They mm, had us sing along. They yeah. like they they taught us the lyrics and we sing along. Uh now at this point, uh our vocalist, um, Sammy Stevens had really been wailing this whole time. I can't believe her voice didn't give out this whole time, but I just started to hear it starting to go yeah, a little get raspy bit in little this bit. Oh. in this song uh it didn't bother me um because I understood like how demanding um the work was that she was doing and it was also like 12 15 in the morning right right which some people are real bad at singing late at night mm. uh and I'm one of them so uh you know it was it was like almost 12 30 at this point you guys so I, I gave I gave it to her I spoke to her after mm-hmm. uh she was very gracious very kind uh, but perhaps now very you, tired.
1: Oh, I could tell. I now, you asked uh, an interesting question to her.
0: What? Oh, yeah, no. I did. I had asked her because uh, I'm stupid, uh, and I don't know these things. I asked her if uh, Simon uh, played all of the instruments that he wrote parts for. Uh, she said no, um, and then, you know, I felt more of a dummy when she's like, that's what he went to school for. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I didn't know. Composition,
1: I guess, yeah. Uh, but I
0: guess I just didn't realize... Uh, I guess I always thought you had to, like, have some sort of, like, rudimentary uh, proficiency on an instrument in order to write for it, and you don't. So, you know what? (laughs) I learned something. Don't
1: know if you know what you're doing, I guess. I
0: learned something. Yeah. is there anything, like, else that you really want to add here? Like, how did you feel overall about this was your pick? And- yeah,
1: uh, I'm glad I made it, honestly. This was literally one of those ones where I'm just like, damn, okay, that's way different from anything I've ever been to before. Let's check it out. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't really give them a listen beforehand, and I kind of wanted to come in, you know, blind and, and get get a brand new experience. And, again, like, I wanted to see Godcaster again to see if I actually did like them that much the first time or if I was just drunk when I saw them, which, yes, to both. Um uh so you know i'm glad i made this pick uh i will say yeah they're a recommend uh they're definitely not for everybody but they're certainly real interesting and, and something that i don't think i can't think of a lot of people that i would take to that and be like i hate this this sucks there's a lot of people that'd be like you know that's i probably you know would not have gone to see them but i actually thought that was real interesting and real fun and good music on top of it all so. Yeah,
0: I think that's great. You know, sometimes James and I have these um weeks where it's just like we don't have anything scheduled. And yeah, so we, we're we like, we can't
1: pick one of the acts that we want to see come through, or at least somebody that we know. So sometimes it's just sometimes we got four concerts in a week and sometimes it's two weeks where there's nothing going on.
0: Right. And I had to say like this was a uh, a very um uh, pleasant surprise and um you know, I'm, I'm really glad that you picked this one, that I was just like, just just sort it. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty satisfied for whatever. with this one. We were pretty tired at the end. This was a like mm. pretty pretty uh, pretty late show. Um, honestly, you know, I would say if it were me, I probably would have cut one of the openers. Yeah,
1: yeah. There didn't need to be four of them if it was going to go that late.
0: You know, maybe even cut two. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh but keep, uh, keep
1: it keep it slim there Mercury Lounge you know
0: Yeah I mean it was a lot it was a lot to book on a Sunday night I will say yeah. that I would recommend this to uh, my classical slash opera slash uh, musical theater friends. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that they could really enjoy this. Uh, They probably wouldn't be up for such a late night. um, But given an earlier show, I think that this would be something that uh, they would uh, in particular enjoy. So if those are styles that really uh, um, sit well with you. Uh, check this band out. You know, it's I, I can't say that they're gonna you know make the big time. Not all bands no, are meant to they're, because they're too niche, right? It's very niche and uh, not entirely accessible. But uh, it's uh, it's a project that I I certainly have a lot of respect for. Yeah, and I would be interested in seeing them again. Yeah, be happy I'd be. I'd be interested see them in again. seeing them in a concert hall. If I'm being for quite sure. honest, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, what I'm saying with some real bomb acoustics, could mm. you even imagine? Yeah, they sound great. And you they know. could really spread out and not be put, like put them in into hammers each scene. other. And not, like, bumping into each other when they're trying yeah, to, like, right, right. <laughs> get on stage and stuff.
1: Stick 14 mics up there and um, everything in. So,
0: listen, uh, so I'm, I'm just putting this in here now um, because we missed it at the top. If there were some things that you wanted to add because you were – we talked about it, but – it didn't we didn't actually yeah we kind
1: of skipped and i know we've made jokes about me talking sports on this mar doesn't love it but i mean there's like three major things that have happened that are worth talking about go on so the first one is uh you know eli manning retires after 16 years it's a pretty big deal I, i watched that guy pretty much my whole life so hell of a career don't i'll fight anybody that tells me he's not a hall of famer he beat tom brady twice and he made sure he didn't have a fucking perfect season so go to hell with that uh who is a hall of famer derek jeter uh whoever it was that didn't vote for him needs to be publicly shamed even though i'm not usually one for doxing possibly drawn a quarter that that's on the table too so congratulations to derek jeter and uh as the time of this recording this just happened yesterday so you know rest in peace kobe bryant and the night i believe eight other people that were on that helicopter that lost their lives include his daughter uh, a college baseball coach that actually was aaron judge's coach uh in college Uh, and several other people it's a terrible tragedy I'm not going to pretend that I'm not a big basketball guy I never really have been so I don't have as much of a connection to Kobe Bryant as a lot of people that I know do but I know of a lot of people that were like yeah I was I hated the Lakers and I hated Kobe Bryant but this still affects me because he was such a major part of my life for 20 years and a lot of uh, the athletes that I really admire also really admired him and were inspired by him so I'm seeing like a lot of uh, you know people that I know personally and then just a lot of. People that I admire for their own worth, work ethic, and like the pleasure that they've brought me watching them on a field for, for all this time that are clearly affected by losing somebody. And I know he's got a dark past and I, I don't know too much about it. Cause like I said, I'd never followed basketball and that was, I was pretty young when that was all coming yeah, you out. You were a little kid. I was probably like, Oh, like six or oh, six or seven, I believe like in Middle be school earlier, high school, than earlier than that. Yeah. You know, I, I, I remember hearing about it. I remember it being a big deal, but it never affected me. So I'm going to come at it from that angle that this is like still a, a big name that inspired a lot of people that they just lost. So, you know, condolences to the family and anybody that was affected by that you know not to bring it down on a sour note but i I feel like that's too topical to not at least mention
0: well you know and again i think you know we appreciate these athletes because what do they do they make an effort yeah
1: yeah and that was this whole thing is like succeed or fail Yeah, the big thing with him is that he was always putting in a hundred percent you know that's why so he inspired so many people so twitter question
0: Twitter question.
1: Well, uh, you know, we mentioned how a, an interesting quirk of Mercury Lounge is that the acts actually have to walk through the crowd to get to the stage. Does anybody here, does any of the listeners have a, a venue that they like that has an interesting quirk like that, something different? And it doesn't have to be the same. Maybe like the lighting always does a certain thing. Uh, and like it's the only venue that you ever see do that. How about that?
0: Yeah, I like that. Especially if it's something that sort of inconveniences people. Yeah,
1: because then it's kind of funny.
0: Be it the artists. Or the uh, the crowd, although you know uh, they were saying in uh, "Meet Me in the Bathroom" how like the musicians never liked having to walk through the crowd. They try to sneak through because they wanted to be like sort of covert, and not. Mm. And the Strokes just when just they did the right, they, right they just walk way right through people. their guitars yeah. in the air, you know, yeah. just like a hundred percent. You know what I mean? So.
1: You can, see that band
0: you can you can take something that's like less than ideal and make it yours but yeah. uh yeah so be it whether it's something uh terrible something great or something terrible made into something great uh what is that venue quirk i like that question a yeah. lot
1: i think that, that could be a fun one now i'm trying to think of some other ones maybe we can come up with uh, ones to talk about them in the future
0: Oh, other questions?
1: No, uh, like uh, venues with quirks like that. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, yeah, we can. I the and brainstorm. You can on
0: even that. you can even uh put it in our like social media posts. or yeah, something, Add bad those idea. details in. All right, no. cool. Do my spiel. Yeah.
1: Spiel time. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and look for us on Reddit at High Decibels Pod for clips, picks, discussions, and more. Also, look for us on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts, and subscribe, follow, rate, and review. We'll close this out on Promises by Trader Bachi, And please, one more time, if uh, you know anybody that this might interest, uh, send, them a, send them a link to this. We'd, we'd love to get some more listeners. This is some guerrilla uh, marketing tactics here, so we're, we're hoping some people uh, jump on this and can think of maybe their cousins super into concerts too. Send them that.
0: I second that. Yeah. This has been another episode of High Decibels Podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you later. Peace. And I go.